Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Aged Out Reacts with the two hosts of the Aged Out Podcast, Mike Fantini and Evan Wall. And today we are joined by a guest who joined us last season, right after the drum course season was over. And you can probably see him on the screen right now, Mr. Tom Rarick. Good friend of the show. We, I've known him, Evan's known him for a while now, too, actually. Probably a decade. I I played one of your books in it's 11 years ago now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you me too. Uh, 2012. And I've... I feel like I've known Evan for a while too now doing yeah, this thing. So yeah. It's great, think, great to be back with you guys. No, sure. appreciate the time, as yeah. always. Uh yeah, so great, the blue coats were awesome enough to do an amazing percussion ensemble. Like this was finals week, right? Uh finals day, I believe. Finals yeah, day, even wow, better. even better. Yeah. Like a yep. full percussion ensemble standstill, music run through of the percussion ensemble of the of the program this year. Super cool. Great video quality. Make sure you go subscribe to the Blue Coats YouTube channel. They have all kinds of cool interviews and just tidbits about uh, this season, last season, 21, I think I scrolled back through a bunch of stuff. And uh, But yeah, before we jump into this, make sure you comment, like, subscribe on this video. Check out the podcast on all podcast services. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Patreon.com, or hit the join button here on YouTube to support us financially at all. But the viewership is appreciated no matter what above everything else. So, I'm re well, no, we can't jump in yet. I have to open something real quick. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, and we're we're thrilled to have Tom on here. Obviously, throughout the season, uh, we try to do our reactions that, uh, you know, kind of point out some nuance that we find, some things that stick out to us about the books that we watch. But obviously, no better person to have than uh, the guy who wrote it to really right. talk to us about the inspiration, the kind of crafting, how things evolved over the summer, kind of how some of these pitches happened behind closed doors, which uh, I'm curious for a couple of these, these source materials. But yeah, I'm... Anxious for you to pit, uh, pit, point out a lot of stuff that I just don't notice myself. <laughs> yep. I will. I will do my best, man. I've been living with, living with this show for like you know at least the better part of a year, so it feels normal to me. Yeah. But you know, there's probably but, no uh, one that knows it as well. Yeah. Probably no one that knows it better than you at this point, at least from a percussion package standpoint. Maybe Roger. That, maybe some of the text, but as intimately yeah. as you probably do. So that's fair to say. So it'll be it'll be great to walk through this with you guys, and yeah, you're cool. Great. All right, let me switch that's scenes on us here of the video there we go you both can see it first of all how many lines on the sibelius or finale or virtual whatever you're using do you have for all the different snare parts <laughs> you mean the like in the front ensemble or like for the well, just all this stuff mean... here where he's playing the oh, bell okay. and like they're playing all the just the layered stuff yeah some of that was uh, actually probably three or four like you know you can add like different st like you can stack staves on there but yeah, just to kind of figure out that kind of dialogue and, I don't know, just the way things kind of pace through. Yeah. Right, It right. makes the score really ugly. Really, <laughs> it's, all, it's always a different number of snare staves. Yeah, but, what's, the, what's yeah. The, the musical term when they, like, stack parts on the same uh, same staff? Oh, my wife. I think it's going to uh, <laughs> mispronounce it, but it's the Osai staff. The Maybe. O-S-S-A-I, I believe, in Sibelius. I could be wrong. So I'm if I'm wrong, it. edit that out so it looks stupid. <laughs> Evan will text Audrey right now, so we'll find out here in a minute. But in but, the meantime, yeah, I just like kind of like kind of like some of the stuff we did in the past involved like kind of split parts. Like I would just kind of add a staff above and below, like the snare stave. So it's just like kind of A, B, and C mm -hmm. kind of thing. I could I fit most of what I think was on this part like in three different staves because uh, they were like at the very beginning of the show. If they were set visually right now, which they're not. Obviously, there were like the three middle performers, uh, Jackson, Lucas, and Sebastian were like on the the middle prop, and then we had 
uh, two pods of three on side one, side two, like near one of the props. They're kind of like dialogue with each other, and then they kind of come together, mm -hmm. you know. So um, over the course of time, that the the Sibelius file looks a little neater, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but it was just trying to get a, a sense of just, you know, a lot of the initial design process of that, too, is just kind of like, all right, you know you want to have three different things or split the lineup in some way and then just create identity with those things and then just it's a sketch until you get on the field and figure out how it's going to be put together visually and what that pacing is and how it feels and yeah. and all that. It's all uh, it's a gesture and what you want to do anyhow. And then when you get there live, then you kind of do it for real, I guess. You know? She said it's Davisi parts, and I don't know if that's mm. just a Davisi, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to nod like that I know different that meanings too. That, that kind of is like counterpoint or split kind of, but yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were talking about the staff above. So if this all stays in, I don't know. Dude, oh, it's yeah. all staying all right. in. It's, all, go. it's yeah. all going. Yeah. And yeah. I'm going to okay. nod like I know know what you all are talking about. Right. Sounds right to me. All right, here we go. These are those pods we were talking about that mm -hmm. were split on three different parts. So there's middle middle three performers with the different kind of textures. Sebastian has the vocoder. Oh, so that's, yeah. All that yep. sound right there. Mm -hmm. The very beginning with the Crotale also was vocoded and kind of like processed. That's where they come together right there, obviously. Just such a unique way to to introduce the ensemble from just I mean the listening points are crazy. Yeah, very vertical here between bass drums, tenors, yeah. keyboards. You can hear it line up really stuff. well. Yep. Yeah. Different combinations pause. here, just the still the middle pod. Good. Go ahead, Mike. I'm gonna pause real quick and I'll back up that 20 seconds. But I've always thought it was super ballsy to start a show with like an exposed snare or quad moment. It's like, hey, we haven't touched our drums since the lot, and like we just have to like yeah. right as the show starts. Yeah, we get to play some brush stuff a little bit with your actual marching sticks, and just like here it is, and lay it out there. Hopefully, our hands are still warm. We remember how it feels from the brushes and then like the hour transition. But it always <laughs> sounded good when I heard it. So, but yeah, I always it thought a, it was awesome. It was a good opportunity or a great opportunity for them, I think. Uh, the, being them being the snare line at the very beginning of the show. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, as you mentioned, that whole process of like getting to from warm up to like when you get in a costume and then mm -hmm. props and the push and trucks and all, just all that, like, yeah, there is like an hour in between there. Yeah. So it's it's like, yeah, get your hands loose with the brushes and then we're into dupa rolls at 60. Yep. So, so it's a, uh, yeah. Um, so it was a great opportunity for them. Uh, that whole beginning, obviously it's the whole idea with this thing at the very beginning was really to set like an environment uh, of things. And, you know, we end up kind of in a snare feature situation where they're like collected around the center X, but the whole idea was like to kind of delay like, a kind of traditional sound, really. Everything was mm -hmm. supposed to be kind of overlaid, uh, kind of crossfaded, there was a piccolo trumpet on top of like the greenhouse slash chapel prop kind of thing. There was trombone slurs. There were like just different, you know, brush textures, that kind of thing. Just create this kind of back of the field uh, kind of environment that the garden would, would be, right? And that, all that sound would kind of gently kind of, and eventually kind of move forward. And the snares were kind of like the, the peak of that kind of first evolution. 
So that thing where they play collectively here with all nine of them finally. Um, it's kind of the the first kind of mini kind of arrival, you know, of, of the show. The first thing we do any kind of like, you know, unity. I Uniformity. Think. Everything yeah. else is, yeah. is pretty is pretty kind of smeary and sporadic and scattered yeah. and yeah. Yep. It worked well. So, I thought it was cool. All right, we'll listen to the snare moment again and we'll let it keep going through that vertical quad bass sure. keyboard yep. phrase. I thought it was cool how the sound of the drum too when they bend down the sound really changes, changes yeah. like that yep. was we're kind of going back and forth on that whether that was cool or not but i think it was and the vocoder that was smashing with the snare and then the, the three of them with the quads so you don't have a full battery kind of feeling so right here first big arrival here on the horn line Dude, that like constant like tick reminds me of like something yeah. that like Hans Zimmer would do in like a Inter Inception soundtrack. I can talk about that a little bit. I went. By all means. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, so the very beginning of the show too is it was kind of a combination of two different pieces. It ended up becoming predominantly from uh, Chick Corea's the, the Woods, which is off a very it's it's an old album from like the '80s or maybe even before. Um, I forget which one. Doug's going to kill me because I don't remember, forget the name of the album. <laughs> but it, the the two is called The Woods. And a, a lot of that, a lot of the motive, the vibe, kind of that dated, but kind of cool, like synth, kind of whistly kind of thing. That's all from that kind of, uh, that vibe. Um, that inset, the kind of, the bing, bing, kind of the Cretale at the very beginning, that pizzicato string kind of thing is from a piece called uh, 11, which is by Y Music or Ryan Lott. He's one of the guys with Sunlux, um, or one of the components of that of that band. But composes for a lot of different mediums, different styles, that kind of thing. But it's more of a string piece and that kind of thing, intermixed with woodwinds and its original. Form. But we took some inspiration from that too. All, a lot of the kind of the keyboard 16th material that kind of overlapping kind of stuff mm -hmm. is all from that piece. So if anybody's interested to listen to that stuff, that's all not exactly it but it's inspired by that that half note gotcha. thing and that that motion and um all that collection of dissonance and verticality is from that piece so that's the all chick, that kind of grows together. chick korea is the mad hatter album I look mad hatter that. that is it yep all right and then they get into this uh potted texture stuff too which is so unique. yeah so that was kind of a late kind of arrival in the the whole thing it was it was kind of late in our process where we were still kind of really figuring out what we wanted the closing section of the show to be. And uh, I think John had sent a piece. It's uh, Carolyn Shaw, who does a lot of just fantastic choral, experimental kind of, and just really modern stuff. That way I did a combination album with, um, or collaborative album, So Percussion. It's a, oh, yeah. I've seen a lot of So kind of Percussion stuff. Albums. Yeah. Um, and it was called, Let the, the title of the album was called Let the Soil Play Its Simple Part. Um, and it has a bunch of different, it, everything is kind of themed that way, like growing organic kind of, one of the pieces uses these kind of pots like chimes at the very beginning that was, we didn't end up using this piece, but or using that piece, but 
that was certainly the inspiration for some of these like it fit with kind of the garden thing you know it was just another tie-in a unique texture to uh, kind of inject within the show so heck yeah, I thought it yeah. Fit well it was really cool what would you what'd you say that uh carolyn edmondson was that it Carolyn Shaw. Carolyn Shaw. Uh, okay. Yep. I have heard a song by her. I, I want to say it's called To the Sky. But Probably. I'll have yeah. to look it up. There's, yeah. There's one. I forget what it's called now, too, but it's uh, some really unique. Just been used a, quite a bit in pageantry. To the side. Yeah. To the yeah. side. Okay. To the, you know, like that. I forget what it's called now. But she, <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> prolific and has a lot of unique uh, music that's worth checking out. And really collaborative projects with different interesting artists that uh, you know just re- yields really cool results he's on my different, uh, different things so. she's on my list of inspirational band songs to keep in my back pocket for sure yeah <laughs> for sure so right. that was kind of just where that the pot thing came from but they've been used a lot i think just that texture clay pots or just pots in different forms and percussion solo music and mm-hmm. that kind of thing over the years but you know just it was a i think a unique texture in a way to kind of tie the tambrel stuff we do in the front ensemble to the show itself and make it look that way so. yeah i think it makes sense and i thought it worked well yep and also the thematically with the garden baby i mean right just, right boom. it's Why on not? brand a chapel was built in it just brought us right into this narrative used moment. To play on the green and the gates of this chapel were shut this is the part where evan asked me about the show i'm pretty sure it's over the door <laughs> so right. i turned to the garden of love yeah uh. so many sweet flowers <laughs> I will say before we go on to like sure, that sure. that moment too, like just with a narrative by itself was like one of my favorite moments of the show. Really, just what Jim Moore was able to do with the color guard or the, the color guard and the the and the, the full the, the 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 brass section, just the the movement stuff that went with the way he was able to tie movement to um, to the narrative was really really cool and very effective to me. And just really the way they collected and just moved together was really. Uh, I felt like that one read really well. Uh, my only quarrel with narration sometimes <laughs> in the Lucas Oil Stadium is it's yeah. uh, you, you got to be in a good seat. <laughs> very true. Very, very yeah. true. That is a finicky room for sure. Yeah, there's, for there's sure. There's a couple of good seats. Yeah. I was getting ready to say it's more than just the voiceover stuff you need good seats for. There's like a small yeah. box to where yeah. everything sounds really yeah. good. You got to pick yeah. your spots well. So obviously that that, that – poem but that was almost a full reading that was two-thirds of the reading of the poem almost of um of the full the garden of love poem by william blake but that was the inspiration for the show but more the inspiration for the show was the the treatment that uh jacob jacob tv he has a longer name he's he's dutch it's terror than i, I don't want to butcher his name but uh Veldhus uh, or something up, yes if you look up jacob tv on spotify or apple music or whatever you'll you'll find him um but uh, that piece and the way he uses, he states the poem very, you know, clearly, just like we did there uh, at the very beginning of the piece, and then continues to just deconstruct it and mess with it in very cool and very weird ways for about five to seven minutes. <laughs> so <laughs> um, it's if you're into that kind of thing, it's a it's a really cool cool thing. Uh, just the technology, I think, just mixed kind of, you know, uh, you know, uh, verbalization and 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 instruments. And that kind of thing. It's and it's modular too. This piece can be played. I've I've seen it played with a soprano saxophone, oboe, xylophone, you know that kind of thing. That's I think it's pre-recorded track, like a solo instrument, and then the voice over top of it. So 
Um, very, very. It's awesome. pretty neat. Yep. Very creative. Yep. Many sweet flowers fall. And this next two phrases are all from next two seconds of the show are really from that. This is adapted from this music. So, very novelty, very short, long, light sounds. That shot sounded amazing in the dome. <laughs> yeah. Those rolls all sounded amazing on that recording. Yeah. Jason's roll up top, too, just the mm -hmm. bass drum roll. Very combined here in terms of effort, like front ensemble and battery, very vertical. There's a lot of those little burst figures in the writing like that. Is that... I went to the garden now. Oh, wait. Yeah, we can talk a bit. Yeah, yeah. I went to the garden now. like right there. That was a journey. Over so the, the last say two that lick, summers. That lick right there was a journey that they just played? A little bit. Just that seven... It's a seven-lit kind of kind of feel thing. Okay. Does, 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 kind of thing. Yeah. I wrote Over it as kind of sixteenths and sixteenth triplet. It's a two hundred or you know does the does does the does like so they kind of slurred it together like sevens and just I don't know it was it was a it was one again one of those projects where you kind of write it what you hear and then they go away and work on it. It's like I think we can do this and then it's like okay how, you know mix that with it and then inject the drum set into that a little bit just mm -hmm. create some dialogue and I don't know it was. It was a fun project, and I think they ended up doing it really, really well. Yeah, so yeah. It was a journey to get there. I um, think over the so last... In terms of design, not their playing. Yeah, that's, that's, sorry, what, I, that's what I meant, to be, yeah. To be clear, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I was saying, I think over the last two years, you guys have done a really excellent job of using the narration rhythmically creative. Like, in that phrase that we just listened to, and then I saw, and then I saw, and then it like yeah. kind of meets in the middle with all those uh, those phrases. And I remember there was one from last year, too, that was with like that, that big pink shot. Uh, sure. The timing of it, it's just very creative. And then in the space after that, not that rhythm you're talking about, is, 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 is that? And they put that narration in the middle. It's, it's very yeah. crafty. It's almost just like using the vocals as an additional percussion instrument rather than yeah, just it, like it integrates it, it really really well it integrates it within it very very well and makes the audience not really notice or care as much because i know some people in the community are like oh there's too much narration nowadays or whatever <laughs> but it also it, it integrates and meshes it all together it's where you don't even it's there and you're hearing it obviously but it's a part of the package in a really good way that makes it not stand out so to say so to speak yeah, hopefully it's not just talking. When it's right. People hear. They're, they're hearing like there's intent behind it, musical mm -hmm. intent. There's it's kind of woven into the the flow of a phrase. You know, like both in this section and then, excuse me, what comes next with the brass kind of had a similar kind of interaction, uh, different ways, but a similar kind of role as far as like there was a rhythmic kind of voice and um, you know brass that really changed you know, personality, evolved kind of behind it. Um, so, yeah, I think our experience with uh, last year's show and just like that was a totally different style of kind of that was more of a telling a story in a way like and this is more just like taking something you're very clearly uh, by itself and then kind of deconstructing it and just like distorting it. And but I think it did help me as far as being able to understand how to how to do that or feel comfortable thinking about that as a compositional device. 
because uh, mm -hmm. if anybody does listen to the original of this song, like it's, you'll hear all the parts or pretty much all the all the stuff that the front ensemble battery just played. You'll hear that in the chart, but it's like not in the same order or in the same, like it, it was a process of kind of taking that and making it kind of feel like it could be something you could kind of groove to or like as a sense of phrase, I don't know, like a, a flow to it. Because uh, I think the original is kind of purposely very, very like erratic, you know, so it's, it was kind of taking those things all pieces together and okay, let's try and make this sound like something that sounds like music to me mm -hmm. <laughs> or like for, for our purposes and then figure out how the, the, the vocal kind of interacts with that to kind of abstract part of the poem um, with that. So, um, but I think certainly having that experience last year with dealing with like, or not dealing with, but um, incorporating voice as, right, as right. part of, as another instrument, like Evan said, which is very accurate, um, um, really helped kind of the confidence of like, okay, yeah, I understand how this works a little bit, I think, or mm -hmm. had some, had a, at least a perspective for it. So, um, yeah, it's really fun. Heck yeah. Cool. Yep. So this is all pretty much, it's, there's no battery in here. It's just brass that interacts with this. We kind of took this part two, or scene, we called them scenes, and the, this is scene two of the show. Um, it was a chance to really accessorize the brass with <laughs> concert percussion. JP going nuts on the double blocks there. Uh, Blaine playing some amazing cymbal crashes through that. Just kind of taking really, uh, I was really proud of the front ensemble for like really taking ownership of these like we have five people playing concert Suriname right now, which not terribly complicated, but stylistically very nuanced. Mm -hmm. um, individual tambourine stuff, hand symbol sounds, and a lot of pride in that stuff. That's cool how the battery kind of trades, like they're more open while the pit's running, mm -hmm. and then the pit drops yeah. down while the battery's playing the fast rolls. That was a really far distance too. Like they were kind of on the back hash for that, that attack, the rear view and stuff, and then kind of came forward with that kind of detail kind of roll with the, it was the snares and tubas together. Girl designer's like, you guys can do this. Those rolls were fast, into that phrase. Like tenors and mellophones. Mid voice Thanks to the Blue Q for their help with the rounds on that too, <laughs> and, and the staff. That looked way cooler than what I write. This is just drum core playing, man. It's like this yeah. groove and full ensemble. It's really fun. This finding believing is this tune. It's, it's an old Pavathini tune that's been done to death at Indoor. Um, this is our version of it. Just really fit the energy of you know what what I used to play on the green. This is like just. It's, you know, that's what we're doing. Pause. So throughout all that stuff, too, <laughs> the things that jump out to me, like I said, were just the creativity in, like, having the battery play space while the front ensemble and then flip-flopping, but also, like, thinking to very simplified exercises where like you play they crescendo legatos in one section of the battery and the other section's going up and you kind of have this meet in the middle and then it passes back but there's kind of that exposure too with like the battery as an ensemble and the front ensemble as the battery's like coming down the pit's like 
ramping up and then it kind of switches back and forth uh which yeah, is it pulls pretty, your focus really yeah, effectively it's really from cool. section to section and it it happens when the subsections of the battery front to battery and something i wanted to point out too that you'll hear it a few times in that phrase but you'll also hear it earlier to what we've listened to of a lot of your writing you you write a lot of roll figures in the flat line and the baseline mirrors it a lot too with their split rhythms or just on the top drum or two of yeah. like triplet switch to five to an eighth note five back to triplet or even up to a seven like you switch that hand speed so subtly but the cool thing in this book there's also a lot of random little burst things in the middle throughout those fluid phrases which keeps the listener on their toes and it, i mean it, yeah. it thematically well, fits with the source material to me to my ears at least what the front's doing and everything but i thought the way you did that this year was very very tactful i guess it seemed like it was intentional i don't know if yeah, like, I mean, a lot of this stuff is just me playing along with the, well, I can't play all of it, probably. Not in succession, I can play like three bars at a time. Right. Probably, but, um, uh, but yeah, it's what kind of what feels good to me, or like what I feel like I would want to play, and then I'm messing with that kind of energy. Um, but I'm glad that stuff comes across, I guess, in terms of in terms of some of the subtlety and the, I don't know, this mm-hmm. little burst you talk about. Yep. The uh, the long phrase towards the beginning of this chunk, like the, where they have this, where they go zaka, and then right out to the edge of that, you know, fast triplet roll, and then it like kind of it crescendos a little. There's a little checkpoint in there, then it slows to five lit, mm-hmm. and then they kind of get into a more like kind of swung kind of feel where they kind of uh, inflect the end of the phrase a little bit, which is nine lit. So it's just these like you were, you said it all. It was like these subtle kind of shifts and energy but they're just more energies in sustain i guess it's kind of feeling having the right hand speed for the feel you want the part to have i guess right right, right. when you're composing do you feel like you uh I, I guess you can't say erase anymore but just like the lead out like you're playing something and then you make a metric jump or a rhythmic jump and you're like ah oh, it's not really right go back what's right uh what can i make this do over three counts like is there a lot of kind of just messing with it back and forth to get the feel just, right. Well, I remember just going back to that snare phrase that's at the very beginning of this. We can probably watch this again then after I, well, sure. after we are done talking about it. Um, but I remember going like, I knew what I heard was, Kakar. you know, like that effect of like this elongated roll on here, the tubas in front of them going, do da do 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 And like, so there's only so many times you can do that with that that doesn't get old, right? So it's and then I was thinking, okay, so we have to do something like kind of the end of the phrase to make it feel like it's more like it's an opportunity for a snare thing to say a little something, not overtake the moment, but like say a little something in between over top of that ostinato, because we already have that, right? We've heard it twice. Then the snares kind of do something to color it and inflect the very end of it. And then I remember thinking like I tried to play it like and like eight bars at 188 like it's not can't be all triplet based right for to have mm-hmm. you know so it was like oh like well maybe we just make it slower you know 16 that kind of feels weird and on the grid but like what if it just over time if this kind of subtle maybe kind of deep like so it was solving a problem too because it's like you don't expose the players that much either <laughs> i think you know not right, that they right. can't do it but it's like the it's a long time uh, to just play a triplet role it's a long time. So, like, I guess what I'm saying is sometimes the creative things come out of practicality as well. It's like finding a different way to make, hopefully, a smarter decision, but also make it. And it also makes it more musically interesting because you're you're solving a couple different problems at the same time. Right. right. Smart. 
Yeah. So. All right. So I think well, I backed up the right you, amount. Yeah. Okay. I think yep. I backed up far enough. The concert yeah, snare do. phrase yep. should feed right this into the very it. end of that. Yep. Go Woody. What are you so it's after this first like eight bar phrase. So full battery, full percussion. So it's right here. Still triplet, five lit. Now it's nine lit based. And that was, I think it was triplet at the end too. So. But just different energies in there to make it more palatable, maybe, and possibly more playable. I think. Yeah, I, I, I was just keyboard to battery writing too with, with this stuff too. Yeah, Hair I always love that reflection stuff. <laughs> always, every year. That, was, that wasn't their best run of those. Extended run phrase from the keyboards, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, super talented, consistent group approach. See how much fun they have with double stop quarter notes? <laughs> was a, that was kind of a lesson for me. <laughs> that was like a, a late ad in the show, like mm -hmm. the extension of the phrase. I was like, is like lit up when they played those things too. I'm like, oh yeah, there's effect there. It's kind of a backfield transition is the wrong word, but a journey to a different part of the show. Changing seasons. Yep. Backfield brass, backfield battery, keyboards burning right here. This all kind of melts away back to the brush texture yep. you kind of full circle and and act one essentially of the show like kind of where we started a little bit with the kind of brush idea mm -hmm. so they won't the ballads come up here too just with keyboard stuff but like you won't hear the obviously the um the horn material here but Oof, exposed I'm sure that attack was was tough to feel together. It should be. They made it kind of feel easy, honestly. Mm. <laughs> it was a very experienced front, wasn't it? A lot of vets. For sure. For sure. Yeah. We'd heard there were a ton I'll... of vets. Yeah, I can I can talk about this a little bit after. Sure. This phrase here. I'll quit talking over. <laughs> it's your show, man. We can stop there. Yeah. Yeah. I love all those just like quick bursts. Almost like you would play like a drag on a snare drum. Like lead ins with the mallets. Just tasty. Yeah. I, I feel like I do a lot of that. I think it's maybe the snare drummer in me too. I go dig it up like that kind of lateral. Like I do that mm -hmm. a lot in parts. 
because it feels like a rough maybe or a drag yeah. like you know like in between things i didn't think about it that way until you just said it so <laughs> <laughs> that's true thank you <laughs> I, I have self-scouted myself enough like you're know, like okay you start a lot of a lot of phrases like that or you know anyhow it's the new cross stick is the yeah um, <laughs> No, Apologies I like it. for it's, being it's, the ones that point the cross stick out every time. No, it, it's super. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's super challenging and just very risky too. I mean, high risk, high reward. You know, just coming off a of space. Just yeah, they they just communicate very well, and they that's baked into everything that they do. As far as you know, the way they get attacks for everything is visual. You know, pretty much we don't start off with click or metronome or anything like. That. It's you know they, it's just kind of baked into everything they have to do as far as a front being to what's happening behind them, uh, having that center kind of pulse or defined pulse source that they're aware of. So we get that one interpretation and they're all aware of that. So it's, you know, it it is difficult, honestly, but it's honestly not foreign to them. You know, the, the cool thing about this whole section too was um, the part that was before that section was literally just flugelhorn. If you saw the show, that was like vocoded flugelhorn and the natural trombone kind of thing from the Bon Iver tune. So in the in the Bon Iver tune, it's the vocoded or it's some other kind of processing uh, sound of a saxophone, which is extremely cool. <laughs> uh, but we did we did that with the, the flugelhorn kind of thing. And then Peyton, who's our synth two performer on the, on the side, she was activating all that vocoded stuff like, um, you know, using a mirror kind of looking behind with the, the prop behind her, you know, all that. So that was a very cool and like unconducted moment of the show. And even through this moment, we just heard too, there's no like conductor or anything like that to it. So it's feels kind of like chamber music in a, in a lot, in a lot of ways where there was a flugel soloist that was on maybe the front hash kind of on the 30 or so, like on side two, but the front ensemble just kind of in dialogue with that performer, you know, throughout that mm -hmm. whole phrase, yeah. uh, which was, it was a really cool moment just of musicianship, I think, you know, through that. So Really proud of For them sure. communicating as um, as they did. So outstanding musicians. Yep. Mm -hmm. And this is the brass hit. This is sometimes all you need is two and four. The <laughs> jingle on the low, low tom. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Less Very kind more. of gospel or kind of spiritual in yeah. sound. At least trying to like have a nod to that kind of vibe. It's all about the brass, obviously. mentioned the drum set guys yet but Jai and Artem uh, same same players from last year and just uh, fantastically blessed to have those performers be able to communicate the way that they do oh nice on the vibes there beautiful So this is obviously the trombones by themselves. If you saw the show, it would, yep. was the beginning of bump. This is where 
Pause. Yeah, we got some questions. So, who was the first person <laughs> to pitch this tune, and what did you think when you first heard it? <laughs> I, I really don't know. It, it was it's been in our folder since because we did did a uh, Anna Meredith tune uh, last year as well. Okay. Um, I'm blanking on the name now. Nautilus uh, was that. So, but we became aware of a lot of her music around the time. I think it got like in our kind of collective conscience a while, and it was always like. This bump tune is pretty cool. You ever listen to that? And like, you know, because so it's just one of those that kind of was always kind of there. I think a little bit. Um, even <laughs> we were intrigued and fascinated by her music. Um, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it so in you... your... Go ahead, Mike. I was gonna say you said it was in your folder. That's part of your all's design process. You kind of just have a folder collectively to design. People are like, hear a good chart. You're like, just throw it in there. We might use it at some point, and you can. Every once in a while, yeah. you know, it might pop up and yeah. like, this will work perfectly here. And it's already in our library of maybes or future things. Exactly. It's, you know, it's just a, it's a future folder of just, just stuff we think is cool. Yeah. You know, for either it's like, Hey, this thing is ready for the field or like this has this one thirty second thing that is a texture that might be useful in some other piece or something we compose or mm -hmm. everything from, you know, the whole gamut of that stuff here. Yeah, I mean, the metric modulation of this chart, and <laughs> I'm sure, I can't imagine what it sounded like the first few times you probably tried it. Uh, well, I can't imagine, but... <laughs> the funny thing is, is was it was, it was, obviously, it was a mess, just because it's really hard, uh, or a mess by our standards, or, you know, whatever. But uh, it was simultaneously really, really exciting, because it was like, okay, this is going to work, right? It yeah. was one of those, like... Holy crap! We have a lot of work to do, but like, also like high fives because like, okay, we're onto something here. Yeah, like, it's gonna be know, cool. Was, we have yeah. to solve the math problems of who listens to who and how we figure it, this out on the field, but it's gonna right. be awesome. Yeah, that's those are the good problems to have. Oh yeah, you know that for sure. When you when you can recognize the effect in something or the potential in something, and then okay, we just need to and make I, this I just more. I appreciate how out of the box it is. You know, mm -hmm. it's it's definitely not like a cookie cutter yeah. chart like. Oh, yeah, I love Shostakovich, but, you know, we've heard Shostakovich a lot. Or we've heard, you know, Pat Metheny a lot done different ways. But it's just one of those charts you're like, I have never seen somebody do this. So I, I just always appreciate that. Oh, we give you Pat Metheny, too. So Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> true, that's, true, that's what I'm true. saying. <laughs> no, it, it was, uh, it kind of fit the, or at least how we deemed it. Like, it kind of fit the left, how the, the, the narrative of the poem kind of, like, takes a little bit of a turn. And this is, obviously, if you saw the show, the production you saw, the literal priests on the on the field, the priests in black gowns, and it was certainly a darker and binding with briars, my joys and desires <laughs> kind of feel, um, edgy and dark and angular and rhythmic and and all that stuff. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was really interesting. It just resonated with the, with the membership. I remember like at our April camp, like playing. Uh, we didn't even have a version of this in April. I don't think. Uh, maybe some horn stuff to look at, but just playing our cut track and introducing the show to the, to the members. And it was like, everybody's like, okay, cool, cool, cool. We get the bump. And it was like, bump, bump. And the kids are like, oh, what? You're like, it was, <laughs> you just, you can just see what resonates and what connects with people. And I think that was a similar feeling with, I think with the audience in, in a lot of ways too. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. It was just, it was just fun. For it was sure. definitely really. very, very cool and well done, and was my was, favorite. Was my favorite part of the show. It was for, different. Being yeah, honest, it was different tempos to write to as well. Too, it was like it's one eighteen and one seventy seven. Like one eighteen is a really <laughs> weird tempo to write drum corps content. 
Yeah, I could like, imagine. You can't really could double imagine. time. It's like it's not slow enough yeah. to double time. It's not fast. It's like, like a lot of these are like like there's duple rolls where you, you're here you'll hear coming up, but they're like it was like I can't just go. It's like 120. It's like Sousa, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> and it's so like the ends of these rolls, like the it's either one beat or then it evolves to like two beats where they're five lit sixteenths, like where they surge a little bit at the end of the, of the rolls, give it a little more push and drive, and then it's setting up kind of this. So if if anybody knows the original that's listening to this too, or um, have heard it too, there's like at the very end of it when things get all the way wound up and then finally release where you have this da 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 and has these like just cannon shot like absolute boom like these explosions of like you know kind of electronic and like process like bass drum and kind of just all all this kind of reverberation and and color and power that way. So that's where those like kind of big hits at the very end kind of kind of come from, um, at least trying to emulate at least that kind of energy. But it's also like don't you're kind of setting up these quarter triplet partials, you're just trying to again just provide enough kind of like little changes of energy and just like foreshadowing of some of the rhythmic things that will come later with all these isolated batches kind of gathering um, together. So, and also the, the front ensemble really, they don't, there's some vibraphone notes that are all like kind of seconds and really crunchy and effect kind of bass stuff or like uh, doubling some kind of synth things, but there's no keyboards really in this whole tune. It, hmm. you know, it didn't really, um, we really tried to like lean into like the, I guess what it needed to be just in terms of uh, color, energy, right, right, um, orchestral, angular stuff but like trying to shoehorn keyboard stuff and it didn't feel right i guess we're trying to like figure out what would sound best just to just to have marimba content i guess right. so i'm there's I'm a proud there's of being able there's to a big lesson it. in what yeah. you just said for any yeah. arrangers out there like you don't have to force something into a chart that just doesn't fit because then it's going to stand out make it awkward just like let it like write what's what you hear don't try to force something that's not going to be like just just to have, like you said, a marimba part, or just to have a snare drum moment, or right. just like let it kind of come to you. Like, don't I think just kind of at least normalizing it, or at least making it okay for front percussionists to be percussionists, right? You know, right. And not not just vibraphone or Glo- I play Glock Xylo or mm-hmm. whatever, but like I don't know. There's there's value in playing all these different instruments when it when it's called for, and I think from an arranging standpoint, I think just having. Um, for anybody, I think having like a strong opinion about what you want to say is worth a lot rather than kind of like, I don't know, just having things in there because you think you have to. Not trying I to guess. check a box, but yeah. being like based right. within what you want to do. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. Just whatever world you want to live in, just max that out. Yep. You know? All right. Let's take a listen at this and Sorry. let's get through. No, Bob. you're good. <laughs> this has all been great. The sleeper. Yeah. <laughs> That's Blaine. He plays amazing simple crashes. Some of the best ever.
so much going on that it somehow fits. Passing that roll around. And then the air just kind of clears. Yep. Whew, it's a fast landmark. Yeah. Your Nylots, this last one's at 11. That used to think was fast, and there was like, uh, it's fine. <laughs> That was, it was really interesting to put that together, honestly. It was, we, uh, it probably started, I think I started kind of at the end of that chart. Like I wrote the end first and then I wrote the beginning and then like the, the middle took a long time to kind of like figure out how we're going to together, like as a group. So it was just an interesting process. Um, there's a lot of combined kind of ideas. Like when we're doing all that, they pretty much in the form they're standing in right now is where they were like for the middle part of that chart. And, uh, you know, what's happening to on side two is just these crazy like trombone glisses and just this sense of chaos and angularity and mm -hmm. all these things of like kind of just building this sense of noise and tension um, throughout. So it's trying to, you know, play what we could and be interesting and, and all that dialogue and that kind of thing in the midst of that. Um, so yeah, it was a different experience like doing that. It was it was building um, building sound, building chaos, building a feeling, and you know, kind of just everything. This one thing about this show is I think everything percussively, um, I think more so than a lot of shows or than most shows that I that I, I think really everything pointed back towards like a bigger idea. Mm -hmm. You know, this whole thing was about trying to set up the trumpets. You know, after you know, all that noise in the middle was trying to set the trumpet so it's so stark and da 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 da. You know, um, I don't know. It was just, it was a really, really cool uh, piece of music to, to work with and um, a lot of layers in there for sure. It was always interesting to me because that chart, at least for me as a spectator, felt like an attempt, and I say this in a good way, but to use almost the brass as like percussion style like because it was so like yeah. angular like you said that it was just like it didn't feel like oh we're writing percussion music to horn stuff it's like oh we're writing horn stuff to sound like percussion music almost like a percussion mm -hmm. ensemble just with how it's precise really it had to be and how articulate everything was and there was just so much space in between the notes so it had way know. more rhythm than it did like melody i would say that. right oh for right. sure 100 percent. and like i think that whole middle section too is all about like texture and things you would use it like uh, energy and like direction it's not really like pitches so i think there's a lot of truth to what you're saying yeah it's like i said in the middle of that at one point it's just like there's so much going on so many moving parts yet it still somehow yeah. results in an enjoyable listening experience <laughs> that makes sense to the audience if but uh, if you I'll, pinpoint I'm... individual parts you're like how does how does this work like it doesn't it shouldn't work but it does is how it comes. Go, it's just awesome. I'm going to go one, one further. And if anybody like listens to the original, like uh, of this too, uh, Anna Meredith and her team was like, they were kind of kind of enough to send us like scores and things. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. To stuff. And we're, you know, excited that we were going to work with the music, but I was <laughs> really surprised when I turned on the MP3 and then I pulled the score and then it's all bump bump. Those are all. Uh, 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 like it's all, all right as as the piece starts 
So like the first downbeat of that whole, just to make the conversion work, like metrically, like the first downbeat is like in measure 60 something, like in the, in the, in the, in the whole piece, it's all a one, a two, a thing, like, so it's, yeah, she, luckily she sent us a score that moved everything over a 16th. She's like, a lot of people that play this live like to use this score. It's like, oh, thanks. Oh, perfect. Amazing. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's uh, just, just the math of it from a, just a music dork perspective is really, really cool. Cool. Like to, to follow the score. Yep. Yep. So, All right. Yeah, so we have, I think score. like two minutes left. I think it's the last oh. scene or whatever yep. I would assume. It is. Yep. Scene six. This is where we return to the Garden of Love, or journeying back that way, back to the flower pots. Mm. I went to the Garden of Love and saw what I never Pleasure. had seen. What are those sitting in? What's that? Where I used to How are they like mounted for the resonance? Uh, they were just sitting on chop tables. Okay. Yeah. Is that a thirty-two? So, it's a thirty. So, oh, okay. Yep. Is sound high? No, it just looked huge. Okay. <laughs> kind of a recapitulation of the of the idea. I saw. Yep. I saw. I don't even know if that's the right use of that word, but it sounds good. I was really happy there was an opportunity for uh, Artem and Jai to flex a little bit there. Kind of go end. nuts at the end there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those guys have given so much and worked so well together. And uh, yeah, we're going to miss them for sure. But, they both age yeah. out. They do. So yeah. they have drum set spots. There you go. <laughs> drum set auditions are open for Blue Coats for next time, um, everybody. But yeah, the, the uh, that whole last section, obviously, is kind of a, a recap in energy and kind of it's a return to kind of the consonants in this. Uh, you know, the, this, this Garden of Love feeling from the very beginning. Um, you know, a few little nod backs to the vocoder of energy and the, the snare feature from the very beginning of the show thing, but just a way to kind of bring it home um, mm -hmm. and kind of get away from that, uh, the darker side of things. Uh, and bump. So, Just from a big picture standpoint, Evan, I'll let you go ahead and just, you're probably relevant to this chart. Go ahead. I'll wait. Well, it's not necessarily the chart, but I guess just like the overall package too, you're probably going to hit on this but i feel like your writing and arranging has taken such an evolution since what was your first year doing everything 2012 mm -mm. 2009 yeah, nine before that, yeah. doing both oh for both front back well yeah. even just 2012 when i guess mike was in there but over the last 11 12 13 14 years um 
your evolution of just like what you use and the variety has expanded so much. I feel like there's never a point to where things are rhythmically stagnant or compositionally things like, I don't know. It's always very refreshing from idea to idea. What do you think has changed the most over the last like five, six, ten years in like your approach to composition when it comes to like sitting down to do the charts? That's a that's a heavy. It's gonna question. sound terrible, but I just try a lot harder. I didn't realize how, <laughs> how how much work it takes to try and do something. Oh, so you phoned in our book. I see how it is. That's, that's not it. See, I, told, I told you it was gonna sound terrible. No, like, I'm just I'm just I was I'm just literally trying you. my best like, at all these times, but I just I think you go through like I think um, just fortunate to be able to do like the battery and the front, but like not. And there's a tendency maybe to like when I first did that, it's like I focused too much on the battery and then pit and then the it's kind of back and forth and just realizing kind of like what that is and the like the attention to detail and what more importantly what the performers require like or what they're what they deserve. I mean, we have, these are the the best performers, some of the best performers in the world, and yep. um. You know, my worst fear is to let them down in any way. Like so, um, as far as what they're playing or how they feel or like what what the experience that they that they get. So, um, I think it's uh, honestly it's not rocket science. It's like literally for for me, it's just like it, trying to at least again get better at what I do, but also just it's it's just continuing to work harder. You know, and being inspired by uh, students that you know you're fortunate enough to write for. And I know and my you, colleagues too. But. I think you've said this before too, like like last year. But and you mentioned it previously. Like shout out to the Blue Q for like making my rounds better. But like, how much of that is it? Are there certain sections where you're like, all right, yeah. guys, like no, like this is this, and then there's certain sections where uh, they're like, all right, let's see what happens just, here. It's different every year, but like okay. you know, Ty, uh, Ty who's our our quad section leader. Um, he would just, I mean, he has a he had a Google drive folder that I would just put the, the sim files in and he would he would go in and update with what they did like the changes at camp that kind of thing and you know like I would hear things and I was like did I write that he's like nope <laughs> and, and then if it was a problem then we would fix it but more often than not it's not a problem it's more you know as long as the intent kind of the direction of things unless it's really specific and melodic or in, in direction or that kind of thing you know I'm cool with them you know messing around with things a little bit um, and I think just the relationship that I'm fortunate to have with those guys, they, they know when something is a feature or it's something that they need to, you know, kind of mess around with too. So for sure. I think it's awesome when arrangers give members the opportunity to be involved in the process like that a little bit. I think I'd like whether you let the snare line have a little input on a snare fe feature moment, if they're like, Hey, can we do this instead for these three counts here or whatever, or letting the quads change the arounds or stuff like that. I think it's super sure. cool. Oh, there definitely would have been times when I was marching where I'd be like, bro, this sticking is whack. Like what about yeah. this? Maybe yeah. I probably wouldn't have said it like this, but like, what do we think about like doing this? <laughs> I, I, I've tried to be more proactive about that too. Like when I see things and it'll strike me as like, they look uncomfortable or like it, and then sometimes it's like, hey, does that feel weird? They're like, no, it feels great. I'm like, well, well it looks uncomfortable. Uh, but then sometimes it's like, oh, we could do this instead. It's like, oh, yeah, great. Let's, let's just change that. It's the same same thing. It's a different sticking, different means to the same end, you know? So, right. Um, yeah, I think just the maturity of the, the members, it's, um, they're, they're, a, they're a great resource of, you know, 
uh, being able to go to them and say, how does this feel? You know, and get this reaction about something that's so intrinsic what they're doing. Well, know? that's one of the benef benefits, I feel like, at working at this level. You can trust what your performers are saying about that. If you're, t you're teaching or arranging at like a high school level or a, just a lower level in general, the members aren't going to have the know-how to be able to put in some of that input yet. Just don't have the education yeah. or experience. But at this level, you've got the luxury of like being able to put – you have a lot of these members probably right at the high school level. They probably – right for fun or just whatever so it's it's got to be a benefit nothing but a benefit i feel like to sure. of of being at that point in the game rather dude everybody's got a, a drum instagram they're all throwing down tracks <laughs> i know <laughs> right true. yeah they're all teaching lessons and everything yeah yeah but, yep. but yeah i mean they're they're very involved very intuitive and they am in everything they do in real time to the point of it's like are you sure about this harmony right here you know like i said you know <laughs> yeah you know that's that's happened before it's like you know it's it's uh it, it's cool i i appreciate the dialogue and yeah um, you know something like like kwan who's our tippinist like he i you know do my best to write something that's you know challenging and appropriate and balance those two things together um but he he has so many ideas with things like he was great he would send me emails like throughout the season these well documented like if I did this, it's because the second baritones do this and the, you know, like, like thought about it and like, here's the reason. And, you know, it just proposals for like part adjustments and that kind of thing. So it's, you know, I mean, there's so uh, much ownership that way too. It's exactly. Like, exactly. It is. Yeah. So, so just well, you have to guide it and kind of keep a broad view of all that stuff. But for sure, I think it's really, it's encouraging to, to hear all that. Well, I mean, it's, it's still sitting here watching all this and, talking about all this stuff with just the, your all's group in general this summer. Like it's just this summer. I said it before on multiple reaction videos. Like we were spoiled for percussion sections this summer. Like there were so many groups that just like almost any other year would have been higher competitively. You know what I mean? Obviously scores are just a number on a page at the end of the day, but like it's just, it was just a, so many groups were phenomenal. You all were phenomenal. Just like it's wild how good the percussive side of the activity this year was just just on the whole for sure it's inspiring to see all my friends and colleagues like and all the all the other members of the course doing doing great work and yep we all push each other and that's the great thing about it you know um, yeah it's a pleasure to see it yep it's thriving yep 100 percent agree well evan you got yeah. anything else no i mean again just obviously appreciate your time and what you do for the activity and being willing to come on and share it with us and the people who will watch this and our viewership and stuff. And, uh, of yeah, just love that you guys are willing to do this and share your thoughts and your process and just how things are, are kind of crafted and, you know, continue to pass it on. It's yep. a pleasure. Thank, thank you guys for creating this forum for, you know, us to talk about this stuff and, you know, put a spotlight back on the members again uh, with, with all this stuff and, you know, relive some of this stuff. It's great. Yep. So, yeah. Thank, thank you for Absolutely. sure. All right, let's close this out. Make sure you comment, like, subscribe again. Let us know if you think we're all really stupid. Do you agree with us? Disagree with us? You know, what do you think about the Blue Coats production this year? You're wrong if you think Tom is stupid, by the way. I've already, um, I've already read all those comments. Don't worry. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, comment, like, subscribe. Facebook, Instagram. We're on TikTok now for short, real-type content. Uh, Patreon.com. Join button on YouTube. Uh, this will actually be an audio file. We're going to put all these arranger sit-downs on Spotify and just the audio files as well, so you can listen to it there. Feel free to watch it, obviously. Share this with anyone you think would enjoy it within the activity or not in the activity. And uh, we'll see everybody in the next one. Peace.